Hey everybody, this is Karis Frigi, and this is a daily devotional podcast where I will read a portion of scripture, a new one every day, and then share some thoughts that I've written on it. I hope it encourages you. Good morning, everyone. Today is Wednesday, April 7th, and we are going to move into the book right next door to John. We are going to start reading Acts, and we're actually going to finish it by the end of this month. So um, I wanted to continue the story of the things that happen right after Jesus goes to be with the Father in heaven and kind of get a glimpse into the early church. So that's what we're going to do in the book of Acts. Again, I feel like I need to say this every time. The purpose of this is a devotional, not necessarily a theological study. There are people way more equipped to um, to exegete this. So I'm doing this as I would read it, as if we were doing a Bible reading plan together and you get to share little thoughts at the end. This is literally what I am doing. And, um, and I hope that it stirs all of our hearts to want to consume the Bible. Most of us probably are not going to go to seminary, but all of us need to be immersed in the person of Jesus and in stories about the early church and that is what the Bible is. We need instruction on how to do life and so that's my hope is that you feel equipped every time that we do this together that uh, that the Lord just highlights one thing. Um, it doesn't even have to be something I say at the end, just one thing in his word as you listen to it and let it wash over you. Um, he's going to be faithful to use it. So We are submitting it to him as the great teacher, and we are coming to it with expectation. So anyway, here is Acts chapter 1. As always, I am reading in the ESV, not because it is the best translation. It's just what I've been reading since college. So you can read it in whatever version you want. Uh, But here it goes. It says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. 
All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem so that the field was called in their own language, Akadelma, that is field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward too, Joseph called Barsabbas, who is also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, you know the hearts of all show us which one of these two you have chosen to take place in this ministry and apostleship from which judas turned aside to go to his own place and they cast lots for them and the lot fell on matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles so jesus has returned from the dead in flesh though some sort of flesh that isn't immediately recognizable to the disciples based on a few stories and hints that we get at the end of John and the other gospels. And he spends 40 days with them. What an epic season that must have been. The war for Jesus is over. Any trace of the burden that he used to bear has been erased, even as surely as new scars are now evident on his body. He is wonderfully, gloriously present in total victory. But as suddenly as he came into their lives, he leaves again, this time to a place they can't gather and visit. There is no gravestone. There is no grave. Just the open sky to memorialize him by and a promise that the Spirit is coming soon. But what would the Spirit be like? And how could it possibly replace the physical presence of the one they loved so much? Wait, Jesus says. Wait for the promise from the Father. No dates, no context for a window of time, just the ever-maddening encouragement to wait. If these devoted followers thought waiting one dark Saturday was hard, then these days of waiting must have seemed to them interminable. But we get a, a clue of what they do. It says, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Rather than the dead silence we heard on that pre-resurrection Saturday, we find that this motley group has matured. They have found a better use for their time than waiting anxious and breathless in suspense. So they devote themselves to something. They have to do something with the strange hours and they decide to spend them like they often saw Jesus spend his hours, devoted in prayer praying presumably to the father and to the son they knew so well now gone ahead of them to the father the words of john 17 must have been running through their minds the access that they have been granted they now want to taste and prayer we see gives them that it gives them oneness with the father 
and with the Son. Prayer positions them in the waiting for the promise. And so with us. Are you waiting today? Then pray. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. And I hope that you're excited about getting into the book of Acts. Um, I know that I am. And I also love imagining these disciples praying together and taking away all of the kind of religious jargon from that and just really putting myself in the room um, as a spectator to these very ordinary men who had spent three years with Jesus and watched him pray and Jesus is no longer there and they are trying to figure out what to do and how to live holy lives and they know they've messed it up like the cross showed them that they all scatter and so I think we're seeing them all of them with like this holy fear and trembling and I didn't want to miss the fact that Jesus's brothers are there and so is his mother which is um, like a precious redemption from when we saw earlier in the gospel story that his brother and his mother at one point come and they're waiting to get in to see Jesus to even be granted access to see him and Jesus is told your mother and brothers are outside and presumably they come kind of to rebuke him and Jesus is like listen, my mother and my brothers are the ones who do the will of God. Like he doesn't even acknowledge them. I don't think out of meanness, but because they didn't fully understand what he was doing and his brothers mockingly tell him, are you going to go to Jerusalem? Then go to Jerusalem, you know, like do your works in public. But we know from this story and from the book of James later on written by Jesus's brother that these people um, that spent their lives watching Jesus grow up end up devoting their lives to following him even after he ascends, his brothers and his mom. And so I wonder what this room was like. And I think um, they have learned to pray, but they are also developing the skill of prayer in this room without even the help of the Holy Spirit. So I don't even know how they did that, but here they are just praying and they're praying so much. It's not just, you know, they, they say at one point to the, to Jesus earlier, they say, teach us to pray. And he gives them the Lord's prayer, which is an awesome prayer, but it's not 10 days worth of a prayer. So I would love to hear the things that they were praying about in this moment and prayerfully making decisions. I think we could even infer from that that the disciples had to pray about who else to become a disciple with them and that God spoke and gave them a clear answer. There's so much in this chapter that we could have gotten into, but I'm leaving it just encouraged to pray, to devote myself to pray. I I so often devote myself to worry or obsession or devote myself to distraction. And there is a call for us as we are waiting for God to do the next thing in our lives, to devote ourselves to pray, to pray with the people we love, to pray with our families, and to pray in our hearts. So that is my encouragement for you today, that we would find ourselves challenged again to pray in all circumstances with the expectation that Jesus didn't just put them in a waiting room to have them wait for the rest of eternity. He's going to come and he's going to bring the promise of the Holy Spirit. So that is also the reward in our prayer is receiving more of the Holy Spirit. So that's my prayer for you. Have a wonderful day. Tomorrow we will read Acts chapter two.